Hey everybody and welcome back to Meditation Matters. I'm your host, Niall Show, and I have to say that I am really excited to finally bring y'all episode 12, a long-awaited episode all about heart consciousness or the heart brain and reawakening or reactivating our attention to it. When I tell you something, this journey of really fully understanding this topic and this concept um, and really not only even understanding it from like a logical and a thinking level, but on a level of my own personal heart and my own spiritual journey and my own just like holistic understanding of what it means to activate the heart brain, um, something that is always already operating, but more so activating your focus and attention to it. So this is what this is really all about. Um, we're going to dive a little bit into some of the biology and then sciencey parts of the heart and just kind of what that's all about. And then we're all, all of course, always going to jump into the spiritual aspects of that and how we can, and then some steps, some practices, some advice that I have, some suggestions on how we can try to tune in and to get more in touch with ourselves on a new level and a level in which we're focusing more on the heart in order to live a more heart-centered path, one that allows us to not only learn of our truth, but actually be completely awakened and embrace our truth. So a lot of great things to talk about in this episode today. So please put your straps on and hang out with me, all right? <laughs> all right, cool. So, of course, I want to start with the first thing, and the first thing is always going to be a definition, right? So I want to be able to define what it means, what does heart consciousness even mean, right? And then what's the difference between the heart and the brain? Who rules? Who doesn't? All this, like, things that are very valid questions. A lot of these questions actually fueled my research here. And as a note, every time that I'm doing research on a topic, it's a combination of external research. So, yes, I'm actively speaking to people or researching articles and reading books about these things but it's also a lot of internal research and the internal research is something that I found to be completely invaluable it's just an amazing process because what we forget sometimes is that we inside of our own bodies inside of our astral bodies inside of our entire divine little world and bubble that we have here we actually have all the answers nestled inside of us all we have to do is ask some questions. And who are we asking these questions to? Ourselves. I don't think you guys know. I talk to myself quite a lot. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, maybe I'm struggling with something at work or, you know, just have a question about something in general. And trust me, myself is answering me, my higher self. It's giving me answers through feelings, thoughts, emotions, nudges, dreams, conversations with other people, synchronicity, numbers, whatever it may be. Man, I tell you something, if we would just believe and trust in ourselves a little bit more, I think that uh, what we're experiencing wouldn't be as, to, um, it wouldn't just be as a tumultuous path, nine times in a ten, I feel, but anyway. So let's go ahead and dive into the definition of heart consciousness. And during my research, I found a lot of great definitions. And I know sometimes it can be really hard to define something. When you're getting an answer from like your higher self or your soul, sometimes it's really hard to put that information into words. But I want to try to go ahead and do this right now and com comb this and combine this together with some external research I found while doing this process. And I found a really great and simplified definition by Sarah Ajna. She's a writer 
that I'll go ahead and read to you all. And it goes, heart consciousness is simply basing awareness on the heart. It is using the energy of the heart rather than the energy of the brain as not only just a source of perception, but a source of living a happy and healthy life. And there is actually an exercise that we're gonna, I'm going to describe to you all later that helps you actually more directly place your attention to your heart center and do just a very calm and central imagery and feeling and or meditation exercise, whatever you want to call it, in order to help us refocus and reawaken our intention to the heart center there. But you know, I actually have additional definitions for heart consciousness and for what the heart really is. And I know a lot of times we talk about the eyes being a portal to the soul, but I also like to say that the heart is a portal to the soul. It allows us to tap into our souls in a way in which we can think more clearly, see more clearly, and just like understand everything, not just understand logically with our brains, but understand with our total body what's really the information that's coming in and that's leaving. And so, you know, it's, it's how the soul expresses its consciousness, right, throughout the body. The heart is a very powerful sensor. It is a very powerful receptor and also a very powerful decision maker in our lives. And a lot of times we may feel that through our feelings, right? So that even comes when, in our conversation and how we have conversation. That think versus the feel, using that terminology. And actually, matter of fact, slight plug, I did an interview with Kwan Glover, which you all can find on the YouTube area and um, a previous um, episode up. And he actually gets into the verbiage of using think versus feel and what that really means and how if we allow ourselves to use the word feel a little bit more often, we're allowing ourselves to use not just the cranial brain or the mind, and we're also allowing that heart or that feeling that we can't really explain with the brain, but we know it to be true. We know it to be factual, even though we're not really sure how to explain it on a level that makes sense to just everybody, but we just know and we it's a deep felt knowing and feeling, right? So the heart also, also works in that way as well. A lot of the times in society, the heart is associated with love, well, not even in society, just in general, oneness, um, and, it, and it's very much so love and oneness in both the physical and the non-physical realms that bring us together and allow us to tap deeper within ourselves. Heart consciousness and a heart brain and how it communicates to us can also be described as the still, the small voice, that inner voice that we have in our heads sometimes, our guidance or a guide or our conscious. Now, there can be lots of different reasons why you're getting little voices in your head, but the heart can be one of them. And as we continue to develop, to attune, to tune into our heart center and our heart consciousness, we'll be able to have a better understanding of what's going on and be able to better perceive and make decisions based on the feelings that we're getting from our environment. Please also note that the heart not only exists in our physical being, like our physical beating heart, but there's also a heart center in our spiritual being as well. It may not take the form as a beating heart, as you can imagine, um, but there is a heart center, which honestly our largest electromagnetic field radiates from and sends out information as well as gathers information, being that receptor and perceiver and signal giver, you know what I mean? All right, so moving on. So in all reality, 
how powerful is the heart really? I mean, this is a question that I, you know, was using to help research. And the reality is that the heart is, in fact, a powerhouse center. So in our physical bodies, it helps us circulate and filter blood. And it also sends electrical signals to the brain and to the rest of the body. So this means that the brain isn't the only one in charge. Ooh. And as we explore more, we'll find that the brain actually, in fact, isn't in charge at all. So not only is it not the only one, but it's not in charge. There really isn't one really in charge. The heart does perceive first and send information to the brain in which the brain then deciphers and then, you know, either has a, res has a response to it, gives some sort of result, right? And so instead of it thinking about, oh, the brain's in charge or the heart's in charge, right? We want to think more about harmony. We want to think more about balance. We want to think more about being able to clear out all that clutter in the brain. Because the mind, man, I'm pretty sure we've all experienced this. The mind is like overthinking. Oh my God, anxiety. Like just, you know, it's like a little monkey. It's always been described as a little monkey that's just always reaching out for the, the next thing to distract it. Um, and the heart doesn't really act like that. The heart just takes in a lot of information and every single bit of information even if we're not realizing it the heart is sending that up to the brain and the brain is then doing what it does best in producing results and making decisions sending out feelings um and doing whatever it is it needs it needs to do um, telling you to go and protect yourself or telling you that it's okay to come and chill and relax and and spend some time with yourself or whatever it may be that it's safe for you to breathe and meditate right and the reality is that we use our hearts in a lot of different ways, right? We can also actually talk to our hearts. I know a lot of times there's been a lot of research about being able to talk to water or talk to ourselves, and they actually like our voices, which that is actually true. Um, the heart, we can talk to it as well, and we can learn information from the heart, and we can do our best to ask our, our hearts, how can I better tune into you? What can I do to better understand and just be one and at peace with you, right? And as I mentioned before, the heart is indeed an electric magnetic field that actually branches out about 10 to 12 feet from our body. Our aura is quite large, and we can have smaller subset auras that do particular things, but our aura is very, very large, and it matters so much what we put into our aura and what we allow to come into our aura. You know, we're constantly sending out information via electromagnetic waves as we're all energy. Let's never forget that. And we're constantly receiving information from others, from nature, um, from just physical things constantly through our energy and electromagnetic waves. So all of this is super important. And so next time you get out of bed, think about the way that you're feeling and what type of energy you're sending out that day. And also consider what you know, you don't have to think about this because it might be overwhelming, but it might be interesting to kind of do like a game and consider the type of energy that the person next to you on the train might be sending out or wherever you are. Um, it's just always interesting to kind of think about that introspection, but also being curious about somebody else and, and, and just kind of like trying to place yourself in somebody's shoes for a day. kind of also builds up a bit of compassion at times as well, too. But anyway, moving forward. Um, so what really is the difference between the heart brain and the cranial brain? You know, I've talked a little bit about how they can work in harmony, but what's really the big difference here? So starting with the heart, you know, the heart is 
truly its own brain that has its own neural pathways as i mentioned it has its own electric it sends out its own electrical signals that impact our emotions that impact the brain that impact our perception that impact our cognitive processing that impact our attention and our memory and our problem solving abilities i mean just consider this if you're in a space of you know you're frantic you're stressed you're upset your heart is receiving that energy and it's sending those signals to the brain and the brain is spastic the brain is like oh my god like we all know that if we've worked too long and too hard for too long a period of time we start to mess up in ways that we would not have you know that we would not be doing originally if we had some time to recoup recover and spend some time with ourselves get some sleep spend some time relaxing ourselves right or even if we're in a continuous state of stress whether that be emotional stress physical stress um, any other type of stress that we can imagine the heart has a really hard time with being able to maintain that and of course the brain is responding in a way like oh my god we're constantly stressed we need to get out of this if you haven't listened already i have an episode all about stress management and just the negative impacts of that stress has on our bodies and how the stress can literally be lodged in different parts of our body because at the end of the day emotion is energy in motion it's energy we are energy everything that is is energy the table you're sitting at is energy the ground you're sitting on is energy your fingers are energy right the atoms are energy so everything is energy and everything that we think say and do impacts that energy that is around us as well as what someone else thinks says and does impacts us but there are in fact ways for us to protect our electromagnetic field and our aura so that it doesn't impact us whenever somebody says things or does something um, and that takes a level of mindfulness and willingness to learn how to protect your aura um, but moving forward i do want to go ahead and actually quote an article by shelly white she's with the collective evolution foundation and i thought that this was like a really awesome snippet this kind of re talking about what i just mentioned in terms of how the body and the brain reacts to stress versus non-stress but she says it in a really great way so here it is different patterns of heart activity have different effects on the brain for example the erratic unstable patterns of heart activity experienced when stress and or negative feelings are present send corresponding neural signals from the heart to the cranial brain that inhibit cognitive faculties as a result the ability to reason and think clearly is impaired which may be the reason why many act impulsively and make poor decisions in stressful situations. On the other hand, the stable, orderly patterns of heart activity during pleasant situations and in the presence of positive feelings result in corresponding neurosignals sent from the heart to the brain, which improve cognitive functions and encourage mental stability. So making an effort to manifest a life that evokes positive feelings can greatly increase cognitive abilities and emotional stability. I didn't hear anything wrong with that. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> After all the research and, and internal studies and that I've done, and even using myself as a test subject sometimes, which I do often, I 100% agree with what she said. And it resonates so well. Uh, because definitely, whenever I find myself in a very stressful, anxious state, of, anxious state of mind, it's hard for me to focus. It's hard for me to process. It's hard for me to you know make decisions that make sense you know if i even want to talk about making sense right it's hard it's, dude i can't focus but when i allow myself 
you know, every morning to chill out and just relax and just give myself the space and the moments to calm down, ooh, it changes. Even if I'm in the midst of a stressful situation, I actually can make a conscious effort, a very mindful effort to calm myself down. And usually the best way to do that is with the breath. You just take a couple of deep breaths where you can and just give it a shot, give it a try. So another thing that I want to jump into is additional characteristics of the heart before we start jumping into the brain, okay? So as I mentioned before, the heart is the most powerful electromagnetic field of the body. It senses all different types of weight. In addition to being able to sense other uh, other energy waves coming at us and sending being sent out at us, it can also sense brain waves as that's another sense of energy, right? So not only can our heart sense other people's heart waves, but it can also sense other people's brain waves. Oh man, that's crazy. Have you ever thought about that? It's really crazy. Dude, that protection is vital, I tell you. So here's like an exercise I want to do. And it's, I kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but I kind of want us to just explore this a little bit, right? So So as people, we've had all types of interesting experiences and we've been in all types of interesting situations, right? And if you've ever lived in a city or just around other people, you may have had the opportunity to experience being in a very crowded situation, right? So me, I live in a city. I've always lived close to a city of some sort. So, you know, I am very familiar with crowded spaces, right? anyway so let's just say you're on public transportation you're on a bus you're on a train there's a lot of people and there's end of the work day right so maybe you're in new york city you're in you know los angeles or philadelphia dc whatever it may be and um just kind of think about how you're probably maybe touching somebody else or just very very close to other people on the train and a ton of people so as your aura extends from you it's extending from you 10 to 12 feet in every direction possible. And every person falling within you 10 to 12 feet in every direction possible, they all have their own field extending 10 to 12 feet every direction possible. And so a lot of times, you know, we can in fact be absorbing the heart and brain energy and the emotions of a slew of other people. And I don't say this to create anxiety or stress in any way, but just as a means for us to be a little bit more mindful about how in reality, we all are truly connected. We don't necessarily have to be touching somebody else to be connected. And we don't. They, and the person also doesn't have to be within our auric pathway in order for us to be connected because we're all connected on an energy level anyway. But that energy connection becomes a little bit more intimate when we're in that 10 to 12 feet range. So that is something really interesting to think about. And it's also something interesting to think about when you know, uh, just think about what type of energy, what type of thoughts that you're putting out right now, or what type of energy or what type of thoughts that you may be absorbing from someone else, what possibly might somebody else be putting out. Now, you don't have to spend your time thinking about what other people are doing or thinking or saying, like, that's not your job here, right? But it's just interesting. It's just an interesting activity to go through. And as I mentioned, I don't bring this up to create a level of stress, right? But you know, it's just interesting. And I don't know if you've ever find yourself in a space and you know one like you're going into the space and you feel really cool and calm and next morning you're like yo i'm anxious like what is this about like i wasn't anxious like five seconds ago and now you are there's a chance that you could have picked up somebody else's anxiety there is it dude 
it's happened it happens to me i swear <laughs> and also um that that i don't know if you guys ever heard about um empaths right so we all are empathetic we all have a level of empathy within us and we all have uh, a sensitivity to others we have varying levels of that sensitivity some folks are extremely sensitive to other people's energy their emotions and what they're emitting out some people not as much um, and so a lot of this, you can also be sensitive and protect your aura, and you can also be sensitive and not protect your aura. And sometimes you're bringing home baggage that is not yours. That's another great way why meditation is such an awesome tool because you get to figure out what is your baggage and what isn't. And you get to also get to figure out how to release everything to cleanse your whole being and just start anew, right? And continue to learn ways to continue to boost yourself and stay connected with yourself, right? But also other things to think about, right? So let's think about another scenario, one that's a little bit more comfortable to think about. You're giving a hug to somebody. And usually a hug is a heart-to-heart scenario. You're literally, depending on your height, uh, typically giving a heart-to-heart hug with someone if it's a very, you know, both arms around each other type of hug. That's a very intimate energy sharing. Or say that you're cuddling with somebody or... Um, you're holding your attention to that person. You're very 100% intimately sharing your energy with that person, allowing them into your org field. And what's also interesting sometimes is when you're in these intimate spaces, to consider what this means to you, to maybe even consider the information that you might be receiving, even though you're not really sure what that is. I guarantee you that your heart is in that moment actively sending out information to you so it's sometimes you might receive information and not know where it's coming from and I guarantee you that's your brain deciphering what your heart is receiving all right so that's really just to say that you know there are many different characteristics of the heart and a couple is that you know, it senses anything and everything, even the faintest thing. And also, it is, it can in fact act as your gut, as that small voice, as I mentioned before, your intuition, right? And a lot of times, your heart being a detector and a reactor of any type of stimuli is, can be a form of body premonition, right? You get this weird feeling that something weird's gonna happen, oh my God, body premonition. You get this really comforting feeling that something great's gonna happen, body premonition. You get the, somebody walks into the room and you get a really great feeling about them. Body premonition. Somebody walks into the room and you're just like, dude, I can't stay in them. My, my energy is draining. Body premonition. That's also a body awareness right there. Body premonition, body awareness. Your body like, hey, yo, listen to me. Let's either evacuate or let's stick around for a while because this seems, and it seems like it's going to be great, right? All the time our body, our heart, our mind is talking to us. But the biggest thing that we have to realize is what are we going to allow to be in charge? And that actually brings us to the mind. Ooh, nice. Nice segue, right? (laughs) So the mind, I'm also going to call it the cranial brain here. The mind does a lot. Oh, man. I could talk. I could have a separate episode just about the brain. Neuroscience, right? Actually, like uh, just neuroscience of the brain and never science because neurons are everywhere, right but um the brain is an amazing 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 place um it's what we use to think it's a wonderful tool it's meant to be a tool to translate whatever is going on in our souls and in our heart right 
Uh, we use it to create marvelous things, to think of marvelous ideas and to just be marvelous and say marvelous things, right? To be marvelous people and also to be non-marvelous people, right? If we want to think from a dualistic state in our 3D realm right now, we can use our brains for destruction. We can use our brains to hurt people. We can use our brains and intention to do things that we, you know, maybe don't necessarily align with us, but we're doing them anyway. Our brains are a tool for us, but they can also have their own little mind of their own. As I mentioned before, a lot of times we refer to the chaotic brain as a little monkey reaching out for anything and everything, anything and everything, good, bad, neutral, whatever. It's just always active. And a lot of the times, you know, we've been told that the brain is the leader. It's the the say. It's the one all be all. It it does everything for us. So we're relying on our brain as if it is the answer to everything. That the logical piece of us, of us, is supposed to be what we're supposed to be relying on. Forget your heart, man. Think right. Don't feel this. Think. That's not it. I want to say that that's not it. We rely on our brains so much, and that's amazing, but we also rely on our hearts, and we can't forget that. What we can't forget is that the heart, what the brain does is just pretty much translate the messages of the heart. That's what it's doing. And, you know, we're not really taught this. We're not really taught that our hearts and our brains are supposed to operate in harmony so that we can make really fruitful and amazing decisions that not only benefit ourselves, but everybody else. I mean... The brain is an amazing tool. I'm not discrediting that one bit. But it is not the one-all be-all. It is not the leader. It is not in charge. It is not meant to be in charge. If it's meant to be in charge, oh, man, I'm, you know, look how far we've come as a society right now just using only our brains. We've come a long way. But a lot of that has to do with using our hearts and our brains. Our hearts and our brains. We can do amazing things by using both. And, you know, that's why I'm doing starting this series right now so that we can really begin to analyze what that means. What does the heart-led path mean? And it doesn't mean that the heart is the sole leader. It just means that we are allowing ourselves to be awakened to the power of the heart and what that heart-brain harmony really looks like and how it can really transform our lives. We don't have to let that monkey run our lives all the time. We really don't. We can step up and be in charge and instead of allowing our minds to run us we run it we tell it what to do we use our own understandings and perceptions to make sound decisions to make decisions that serve us as well as that as others we always want to mention remember that having ourselves together is very important but also remembering that what we do should also serve others at the same time that is the path of the truth and everyone's truth is going to be a little bit different but the path of the truth divine deep deeply rooted real genuine truth is one that's going to be a little bit deeper than maybe what we think our first truth is so as a reminder i do have an episode all about intention setting um setting very meaningful intentions and there's a practice in there called the five whys that i recommend doing as you are getting to the root of your goals and your desires and of your truth and one thing that can really help you get deeper to your truth is asking yourself a few questions being one what do i want and two asking yourself why do i want it and for each answer that you have you ask yourself why and why and why and the goal is to get to your truth 
The goal is to understand why you want something, why you want to be somewhere, why you want to embrace your true purpose or even understand what that means, why you even want to activate your heart brain, why something like this is even interesting to you. So anyway, the brain's an amazing tool. I think it's awesome. I think it's really awesome. The heart is an amazing, I'm not even going to say tool. It's not really a tool. The heart is just an amazing piece of us. It's an amazing powerhouse. It's amazing sensor. It's just, the heart is just amazing. I don't know, the heart's just amazing. <laughs> and it's definitely possible for us to find balance, to reach a balanced state of being between the heart and the brain, and to really reap the benefits and the abundance that will come from that. All right, so... As I mentioned, not one really rules, but equilibrium is the objective, right? But the reality is that the heart is the true essence of the self, right? And connecting with it and not resisting it or trying to override it with thought or logic being the cranial mind is vital. So if we make big decisions in life only rooted in our thoughts that ignore our feelings, or I'm going to call it the vibes that we are feeling, we're destined to face disastrous times we're destined to to face like like issues like even if it's not right now even if we make a really awesome decision and great things come from it we're super ambitious we're eager we're successful will that success last and will we always feel that sense of deep-rooted peace and happiness it depends on what that decision was based on it depends on if we paid attention to the nudges and the feelings of our minds it really depends and so that's why I think it's so important for us to have a deeper understanding of the heart and as we make life-changing decisions right let's just say you're making a decision to move somewhere and you're visiting you're you're doing house visits you know you're checking things out you go into one house and you get a great vibe huh this is great and it also looks great it's in a great location like oh man this has a lot of what I desire. I mean, I have everything, but it has a lot of what I desire. You go into another house, it has everything you desire, but it feels weird in there, man. Like, you're just like, oh, man, this is weird. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's ever happened. You go into a place, and you're just like, oh, this is great. It has everything, but there's something strange about this, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to tell you to listen to your body on that one. I don't know why. But really, it just, you know, it really depends on circumstances, but, you know, and maybe you could be off that day. That's another, that's also another important thing to center yourself, especially when you're doing big things. Um, but, I, man, I, I'm just going to say at the end of the day, the heart's not going to lie to you. It's how you perceive your heart, right? So that's what's going to be a lot of the differences. It's how you're perceiving the information that's being sent to you. It's where your head is at in that moment. And a lot of times a quick few deep breaths can help us to center ourselves especially if we're making really big decisions right like major moves um breaking up with someone or entering into a new relationship dynamic um starting a new business uh you know whatever it may be that we're going through in 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 our lives really big decisions even really small decisions it's important to be mindful of the information that we're receiving and on every front all right, so now we're going to get into the, another piece of this about how can we actually achieve this balance? You know, where do I start? 
That's a great question. I had that question too, which is why it took me so long to produce this episode. (laughs) I wanted to make sure I actually knew not only how to do this, that I practiced it on my own, and that I was living in what I was speaking, that I was really beginning to embrace it on another level. All right. So what I'm going to say is that don't depend on anyone else to figure this out, but learn how to do this on your on yourself always. It's always important to learn information, but as I mentioned before, anything that we may have a question about already exists within us. So what I want to say is how we should begin is with self-awareness, mindfulness. I'm going to use them interchangeably, okay, for this episode. And um one way that I can that I'll recommend that, you know, we can really start to begin this practice of reawakening our intention to the heart center is um you know we can do just some breathing exercises first i really love starting with breathing exercises because they really help to calm you down like you'll start breathing and your mind go like your mind and your body may be stressed and then after you've taken a couple of deep breaths you're not as stressed you're you're supplying additional oxygen to your body and that oxygen helps. I mean, that's life for energy. Like, if we didn't have oxygen, what what would we be breathing? I, I guess eventually, if we run out of oxygen, uh, it would be survival of the fittest, and maybe we'll evolve. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll be able to live off whatever gas is dominant in the atmosphere, but that's that's for a different day to discuss, right? Um, but it's all going to start with self-awareness. And a lot of times we, beca- we can become more mindful of what's going on in our minds and in our bodies through breathing. And a lot of the breathing exercise I typically like to begin with and I like to recommend for folks that I work with is um, the four counts, right? So you're breathing in for four counts, holding that breath for four counts, breathing out for four counts, and then holding that breath for four counts. There's other variations on the breathing exercise you can do, but this is a pretty good rhythm. Four, 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 repeat. Four, 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 four. Repeat. Just keep repeating that, and I usually recommend to repeat it for about eight times, or you can repeat it for more. But eventually, when you get to the end of that, you just you know want to start you breathing normally again. And this is really meant to just help relax you in the moment, center you. It doesn't have to take forever. Usually, it just takes like a minute or two, honestly, to go through this whole cycle here, just to give yourself some calm. But you're just communicating with your body and telling it to release and relax and release the tension in your body and any emotional stress you may be feeling. And even if it doesn't release everything, I guarantee you you're a little bit calmer than you were before you uh, were doing this whole exercise. All right, so essentially what's happening here is you're tuning in to the senses and the signals of your body. All right, cool. So you allow yourself to chill and relax. You're sending signals out to your body that it's okay, to, that you're in a safe space. And now what you're allowing yourself to do is to listen to the bodily functions. You know, you may start to hear your heartbeat or maybe like, you know, you might just hear some little sounds in the background that you weren't able to hear before. Or you'll start hearing little thoughts in your head or like maybe you'll start thinking about a lot of different other things. But you'll just start experiencing a lot of different things. And that's really the point here. You're waking yourself up. You're bringing your attention to yourself in a way that's going to be useful for you in order for you to kind of get more connected to yourself there. Shelley Wright, the the writer that I mentioned earlier, 
she writes a little bit more about this and it really kind of helps here is um it helps you to notice the subtle shifts in energy in your body and it also also helps you to notice and distinguish between the origins in your shift and also where different energy is located in your body and also what type of feelings you may be feeling if they're your feelings not your feelings um, things that you can prevent overwhelming energy that you're letting go of uh, the peace that you're bringing into it's just all around bringing in more consciousness and noticing noticing things all right so here we are we've done our breathing exercise to calm ourselves down what's next right there's a couple questions that you can ask yourself after you've had the chance to calm yourself down, okay? And the question, one simple question that you can ask yourself, as I mentioned before, is what do I want? Or what am I feeling right now? That's always a good one. Those are two good ones. Another couple questions you can ask yourself, especially if you're trying to make a decision on something or entering into something you're not really sure about, but you want some guidance, does this situation, action, feeling, or behavior feel that it is in alignment with love? Feel like it is in alignment with me and my higher self and my true path? That's a big question to ask, but it's a great question to ask. And that's a question even that you can ask yourself before you go to bed or before you enter into a deeper and longer meditation. But I always think that these are really great questions to start with. And um, you'll find these questions in the notes section. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, okay? Another cool question that you can ask yourself as well, depending on you know whatever your scenario is, but just being working a little bit more to awaken that heart consciousness and align with that, is um, does XYZ that I'm thinking about doing or thinking about in general does it align with my true divine essence does it spark my soul in a way that brings me passion and excitement and alignment in a way that I can't really understand logically that's a big one and a lot of times we can use that question to answer questions about career paths about something that we want to do not sure if we should do it um, lots of different ways that we can use that question there and as again it'll be available for you to see all right, so I started a series where I was focusing on four different feelings and states of being of the heart, right? And that was compassion, appreciation, care, and gratitude. And I had a little series on my social media page, Instagram being at meditation.matters. Check me out on there, where I was defining it, providing the Sanskrit word for it, and then providing some additional insight about each particular word. And one just for a heart meditation that you could do, one that's specifically just for that, is um, what you can do is you can place your hand, your whole hand, a fist, a finger, a crystal if you like to work with crystals, um, or just focus your attention there. And focus your attention on your heart and take some deep breaths. So practice that, that you know, the four counts there. And then after you come to a place where you feel like you're ready to start, you know, doing you know doing this next step which I'm about to say to you start to feel and embrace what it feels like to have compassion or care or gratitude or appreciation or all four whichever one that you really want to think about maybe you are you feel compassion for a person in your life for a loved one 
And let's take a moment to define compassion, all right? So compassion is a feeling or a state of being that arises when you are confronted with the suffering of living beings and feel motivated to release them from that suffering. A lot of times, you know, we can feel compassion constantly. We can always want to ease the pain of others through the actions, the thoughts, and just anything that we say. We want to alleviate the, the suffering of others and we want to bring them to a place of peace. We, want, we have unconditional compassion. That's a very powerful tool to feel. So you can allow that feeling or that state of being to kind of begin to reverberate. Reverberate, I think that's the word. You can allow that feeling to kind of just radiate throughout your body there. Uh, another feeling that you can focus on that I mentioned is appreciation. Now, what does appreciation mean? Recognition and enjoyment of the qualities of someone, something, and or yourself. So maybe you, someone did something for you that you really appreciate or you appreciate taking the time to sit and meditate or you appreciate an animal or a place that you went or something that happened before. Kind of allow that feeling of appreciation from that situation just to fill and radiate throughout your body as well, just as we just did for compassion. You can also feel a sense of care, care being Feelings of concern or interest to look after and provide for the needs of yourself, someone, or something. You know, maybe you're caring for a loved one. You're caring for yourself, coined as self-care. You're caring for a pet. You're caring for a place. You're caring for whatever it may be. Allow that feeling, that fullness that you get as you care, allow that to fill you during this meditation. And then the last one that I mentioned being gratitude. Now, gratitude is a very beautiful, beautiful practice. I recommend that when you, even if you're not sitting in meditation, even throughout your day, you know, you can wake up or throughout your day or before you go to bed and just say three things that you're grateful for. I am grateful for blank. And just repeat that every day, every single day. Find something to be genuinely grateful for. And it allow that feeling, that energy to just, just resonate throughout your entire being. Gratitude is a very amazing practice that can change your life forever. I just That's all I got to say. But I want to go ahead and define gratitude, okay? So we have a better understanding. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. It's really amazing to be grateful to where for whatever it is that you have in life or where you are right now or for just simply for being alive gratitude can change your life it can rewire your brain it really can and in ways that we may have never considered before so in that practice in this heart meditation that i'm talking about you would really just place your heart your hand on your heart and then feel the feelings of either compassion care gratitude or appreciation or all four of them and just allow that feeling to just resonate and be throughout your entire being for as long as you can. And then that's it. You're, and then when you're ready, you just come out of the meditation. It's very, very simple. And if it, you know, and like I said, use your imagination here. Allow yourself to really just, just be with this one. Allow your heart to just vibrate and just really shine in this type of meditation here. And always, you can always write. You can always record yourself speaking. You can always do different things, right? And one thing I recommend, especially as you're beginning your heart awakening practice, 
um, I do recommend writing about it. Even if, you know, me, you may even start having dreams about it. Have your dreams, write your dreams down about it. Um, if you want to speak to someone about it, you want to share your experiences, do that. I always think that sharing our experiences is an extremely powerful, powerful thing that we not only continue learning about ourselves as we're sharing, but we're able to connect with others as we're sharing that information too. But yeah, that's what I got for you guys today. That was pretty exciting, actually. I really enjoyed doing this one. And as I mentioned, I know it took me a little while to produce this one, but man, I, I had to understand what it meant. You know, I came across this topic and I was like, yo, like, this makes sense, but like, what does this really mean? And I tell you, it was pretty intense. It wasn't easy, but I am forever grateful for the things that are not easy, the challenges, the things that kind of scare you a little bit. Those things are, we should always be grateful for everything, the pleasantries and the suffering. I know that may sound a little crazy to be grateful for suffering, but suffering can teach us a lot of amazing things, no matter how bad it is. It can teach us a lot of amazing things. And one thing that I always feel that suffering teaches us is to actually connect to ourselves, to not shy away, to not guard our heart, but to actually connect, connect to ourselves. It's speaking to us. It wants us to hear it, to see it, and to align with our true path. And the path of truth is the path of least resistance. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, and always share, share, share. Share your story with me if you have a story that you'd like to talk about or or how you're currently leading a heart-centered path or how you came across having to activate your path, um, your heart center, or even if you have questions that you would like to have answered. Any type of information that you would like to share with me and allow it to be featured on the podcast, send it to me. Send it to the email address contact at meditation-matters.com or send me a message on Facebook at meditation.matters or on Instagram at meditation.matters. I'm here for you and that's what this is really about. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening and as always, namaste.